I'm back. Basketball's back. Let's do another mailbag and have some fun right now on the Locked On Celtics podcast. Jay's back with the vengeance at all the real Celtics fans in attendance. This is the truth like 34. It's like walking in the garden when you hear the roars. The crowd goes crazy. Most in-depth coverage on the daily, mainly. Podcast royalty, the content kings. When you talking about the franchise with 17 rings. Focus like Danny at the deadline. Global with it, got a local feel like the red line, the blue line, the green line. Play it in between time. I'ma throw my C's jersey on in the meantime and press play. When the F's done, I can't wait until the next day. Trying to stay in tune with the C's, that's the best way. Melly. Oh, hell yeah. Welcome back. Lockdown Celtics podcast is back. I am back. I'm John Corrales. After a couple of weeks off, I hope you enjoyed those deep dives that I did with Mike Dinan, Chuck McKenney over the past two weeks, the seven-part series looking back on Brad Stevens' coaching tenure and all of that stuff. Uh, that was my two weeks. Now I'm back in front of the mic, in front of the camera. If you are new to the podcast, you're listening wherever you get your podcasts. Thank you for checking it out. If you're new to YouTube, hi. Uh, be sure you're subscribed to that. I don't know what I'm doing anymore. Two weeks off scrambles your brains. I don't know how to work anything anymore. We're just gonna make we're just gonna make it happen. Uh, today I'm gonna do a podcast uh, mailbag style. A lot of people sent me questions over the break, over my two weeks off. And so I figured, what the hell? We're gonna answer these things right now. By the way, I'm John Corrales. I cover the Boston Celtics for Boston Sports Journal, and uh, I do the show Monday through Friday. I've written a book called Boston Celtics All-Time All-Stars. You can get that wherever you get your, your uh, wherever you buy books. I really want to thank you for making Lockdown Celtics the first listen of your day. Lockdown Celtics is free and available on all platforms, including YouTube and, Lo- and LockdownCeltics.com. Let's just get into the mailbag. Uh, lots of questions. And so Media Day, by the way, Monday. Today, Monday, media day. I'm going to be there in person. I'm going to be asking everybody some questions. The, the Tuesday podcast will have a lot of the media day, the, the big stories out of that. So make sure you're subscribed. That's going to be a big thing here. Uh, let's just kick in here with uh, Ming Jun S, who starts us off by asking, will Jabari Parker have a comeback season like Derrick Rose and be a candidate for six man of the year? No. I would be absolutely shocked. Not going to happen. He's not going to have that kind of role. I don't expect that from him. We shouldn't expect that from him. It wouldn't be fair to expect that from him. And why did Derrick Rose have that kind of impact with the Knicks? Uh, Because they needed him to. They needed him to come back and and, and carry a, a big load. I didn't factor Jabari Parker into any of what the Celtics are doing long-term. I did this whole big 20-question series uh, on Boston Sports Journal. I didn't address Jabari Parker. I think I might have mentioned him once in 20 different pieces. He's not part of the Celtics' plan. He may not make it through the end of training camp. So I just don't... He, He can score. He's a good offensive player or a decent offensive player. He might be able to fill in some kind of gap there, but he's so bad defensively. This is going to be a defensive-minded team. I, I do not see him having a role. I'm sorry to say that. No no offense, Jabari Parker, but I, I just don't see it. Ken asks, who do you predict will get the last roster spot, Jabari, Luke Cornett, or Jawan Morgan? 
I mean, given those choices, obviously I'm, I'm out on Jabari. He's non-guaranteed still. You might have heard guaranteed, you know, some one part of his guarantee was picked up. 100,000 of his guarantee was picked up. Uh, he can still have a majority of that waived. Uh, what's, what's he at? Um, uh, what's his contract? Whatever it is, it's... He's got $430,000 left. That doesn't guarantee till the beginning of the season. So that he's out as far as I'm concerned. Cornette, I think, was signed to get cut and go to the G League and to get some playing time. And I think that's as much a favor to him. I don't think the Celtics see him as part of their plans. But who knows? Maybe he can get in there and impress. Uh, maybe if 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 they are looking at him as part of their plans, that means something else is going to happen. Maybe Cantor's gone. Maybe they're looking at something beyond Al Horford. I don't know. I'd be surprised. Juwan Morgan is uh, of these choices here uh, is most likely because he's a defensive minded kind of uh, front court player. If if there is a last spot for for somebody to grab. I think they might skew with a defensive-minded guy first, at least the guy you can throw in there and you can count on in the 15th spot. But I would say that he might be more of a candidate for the the next two-way spot, but he he would be my guy. I would rather have him over Jabari and over Cornette. I, I just I think Cornette, they're doing him the favor to get him into the G League, get those reps, and show show people that he can still play and then maybe he can sign a, a bigger deal. Uh, Ken, you also had a question about Brad Stevens. I hope, I hope that that could be answered in the deep dive that we did uh, last week. So make sure you're listening to that. And let's finish the first segment here with Ben. Ben P, who asks, would Houston trade Wall, John Wall, for Aaron Neesmith, Josh Richardson, picks and salary, Hor- uh, Horford plus... Uh, Grant Williams, how many firsts do you think the C's would need to include? I, I, I want no part of John Wall. He, he's due $96 million over the next two years. That is an insane amount of money for a guy with his injury history. Uh, I'm, not, I'm just not interested in, in bringing him on. Uh, I don't think it's going to work. Uh, when you give up, the number of th- you, you're gonna have to give up young players here, Neesmith, just to make this work. You're gonna have to give up Horford, who's gonna be useful this year and could be necessary salary in an actual trade for a big time player. You're gonna give up useful young players, uh, draft assets. No, the, none, none of that makes sense for Wall who is going to be, what, 31? He's, he just turned 31. So you're taking 31-year-old, injury-riddled John Wall and saying, I'm going to take him, his 31-year-old season, his 32-year-old season, I'm going to pay him $96 million over that stretch, and, and that's going to be enough, that's going to be okay for, for this. Like, he's not the third star. This isn't, he's, he's a non-shooter. You're basically getting... Faster Kemba Walker with with less shooting. I, I just at this point, I'm off of I'm off of John Wall. So Houston, I don't think Houston. It's a weird place. Houston, I I don't know what they're looking for 
for Wall. They might think Neesmith and some picks might might do it for them because they're just in asset accumulation mode. But I don't. Boston should stay away from John Wall. He might have some decent basketball left in him, but not at that money. Not at what you got to give up. If you're going to give up these things, go for somebody different, somebody better, somebody more. I don't know, useful in multiple ways. I just don't, I just don't see it. Uh, when I come back, I'll start getting into more rotation stuff and Peyton Pritchard, a little bit on Peyton Pritchard and even Marcus Smart, all coming up in the next segment. First, I've got to tell you about Sleeper. I stay away from fantasy basketball. I, I played last year for the first time in a long time and I realized why I didn't, I didn't play for a while. I don't like it. Games are being won and lost based on, you, know, you gotta make sure you're doing all the busy work and setting your line, make sure you set up your lineup every day. If someone else has a, a, a player with that has multiple, like four games that week, you're gonna lose because that, that person just has more games that week. And it doesn't, it wasn't fun. Sleeper is going to change that. It's a brand new way of playing fantasy basketball. It's called Game Pick, and it's only available on Sleeper. In Game Pick, the owners pick one game per week for each starter to count towards the team's total score. So if Jalen Brown's on your team and he plays three games that week, you got to pick one. And so that kind of evens the playing field. The days of losing, uh, because the other guy has a lot of games, are over. The mindless daily busy work is over. And, you know, giving up halfway through the season, which I would do, done over uh, game picks you pick one game per week it's based on player matchups home versus away opponents defensive ranking pace of play more it all adds up to more strategy less busy work sleeper has cracked the fantasy basketball code it's a one of a kind game uh, it's the most strategic fantasy basketball experience in the industry all right you've got to go out there and try sleeper make sure you download the sleeper app and start a game picks league. So go download the sleeper app, start a game picks lead, invite your friends and get into this game. Uh, it's going to just level the playing field. It's gonna be a lot more fun. It's a much better fantasy basketball experience than you're gonna get anywhere else. Today's show also brought to you by Direct TV stream. Does this sound familiar? You got a device that lets you catch the game live, another that streams your favorite shows, then you're watching sports highlights on your phone, and you got your neighbor's best friend's login for the good stuff. I want to tell you about a simple way to get all that entertainment you love without the hassle and a great way to get your TV, TV together. It's Direct TV stream. It brings your live TV and on-demand favorites together like never before. So you can watch your favorite sports movies and shows all in one place. That means no more juggling remotes, no need to buy another contract or another device ever again. And the best part, no annual contract. So get rid of the clutter, the confusion, get your TV together with DirecTV Stream. You can learn more at directtv.com. That's directtv.com. Compatible device require. Content varies by package. Have you subscribed to the Locked On Celtics podcast yet? You can wherever podcasts exist, and you can follow us on Spotify. Thanks again for making Locked On Celtics your first listen. Every day I'll get into off-season lifting programs for players in the next segment. 
Uh, make sure to make your second listen of the day the Locked On NBA podcast. Lots to get into there, previewing the season. A lot of us on the uh, Locked On NBA podcast uh, heading into media days today, Monday. But first, let's get back into the questions from Dan. How deep of a rotation do you think the Celtics will use once the season gets going? My guess is 11 men. And he goes through Rob, Horford, Cantor, Tatum, Hernan Gomez, Brown, Richardson, Neesmith, Smart, Schroeder, Pritchard, leaving the other four out of the rotation, Grant, Williams, Jabari Parker, Romeo Langford, and Bruno Fernando. I've gotten a lot into this in, in pieces that I've written. I've done podcasts about this before. Um, I, I do think that you, you get your five starters. You got Smart, Tatum, Brown, and I think Robert Williams, who's the fifth starter. Let's say Josh Richardson. Uh, then, yes, you do have Horford as six. Hernan Gomez came into play. He's seven. Neesmith, for sure, is eight. Schroeder, for sure, is nine. Uh, then it becomes situational. Pritchard should get minutes, for sure, obviously. That's 10. Cantor is going to get a bunch of DMPs. I think in a regular, a regular season game, you're looking at, yeah, 10. I don't think they should be going past 10. Now, you might, you might see... 12, 13 guys getting minutes you know, during the course of a week, a month. But some games, some guys are going to get DNPs. And in other games, other guys are going to get DNPs. The Celtics have the depth to do a lot of different things. They can try a little, a lot of different ways to, to play the game and to play these games and to um, really uh, make sure that guys aren't being overloaded with minutes. Uh, I think one of the keys is for Tatum and Brown to not have to play 38 minutes a game. You can go 10, 11 deep during the regular season and then bring it down to eight or nine during the playoffs. So uh, I don't think Fernando is going to get much time. Grant Williams is going to be iffy. Again, I don't think Jabari Parker even makes the roster. If he does, a lot of DMPs for him. Romeo Langford. Uh, I wrote on, on Boston Sports Journal in my 20 questions, I think that one possibility for Romeo should actually be considered is main, the main Celtics, and some G League time for Romeo. He's going to need reps. He's going to need to get game speed reps, game shooting, game defense. Why, if the, there's a numbers crunch here, don't bother trying to force him in here or there. If, if he's not going to get a solid 15 minutes a game, and I don't see how he does right now, start him out in Maine. Let him get some reps. Let him get 30, 40 minutes a game. Let him do it under no pressure. No one's going to be seeing those games. It's not going to be under national TV or, or even the, the local. It's not going to be all over Twitter. Just let him go out there and play 35 minutes and the, doesn't have to be all season. Let him get going, and then you can figure it out. So, uh, yeah, 10 or 11 guys makes sense. Brixon says uh, he, he came across some sort of uh, post here. We're talking about same thing, lineups and all this. Then he asked about Peyton Pritchard. Do you see Peyton Pritchard developing into the sort of player that fans would have gotten if Isaiah was to return for a bench role, an undersized playmaker who can shoot the ball or score heading downhill, albeit a little less athletic than the little guy. Uh, if this was to happen, I feel like uh, we'd I'd really, I feel like it'd really help 
take some of the scoring pressure off the Jays while solidifying Pritchard's role as a key piece to our championship efforts. Uh, I, I don't want to put Pritchard in that Isaiah Thomas mold just yet, but Hey, it's hard to say where Pritchard's going to go. He's, he's a young guy, but he's older, obviously. So he has, he's going to hit his athletic peak soon in the next couple of years. He doesn't have a lot of NBA experience and now he's entering a season where he's his, his role has to be figured out, right? He's going into his second year. He had a weird first year where he came in without benefit of a summer league and all of that stuff with COVID. The, um, the, the second year for him is, is a little bit different than a lot of second years for players, especially second years for players who had the impact that he had. So I just, I'm not sure what Pritchard is going to develop into. I'm not sure where he fits right now. I'm not sure where he fits long-term. A lot of people like Pritchard. I like Pritchard. I think that he's a good player. He obviously is a good shooter. He's obviously extended his range and trying to extend his range. And that that's going to be a useful, valuable skill to have for a guy in his position. That's going to get him consideration for minutes. Putting him in that Isaiah Thomas role, it's it's too early to say what he's going to be as far as that goes. It's unfair. Isaiah, his, his run here in Boston was so special that I don't want to, I don't want to make that jump. And after one season of Pritchard, knowing that he's going to go into a tough minute situation here, I don't want to project that far forward. I think that he has the potential to be a, you know, a fan favorite for sure. He's already becoming a fan favorite. He has a potential to be a, a pretty good scorer, but let's not go too far into, into that. Like I, I don't want to project too far out. Uh, I'd like to see what he does over the next few months as, and, and then kind of at least get a better sense of what opportunity will he have. Juan asks, should we be concerned that an increased offensive role for smart will negatively impact his defense? Nope. I do not believe that for one bit. I don't think Marcus Smart is going to let anything negatively impact his defense. He is all about defense and effort, and I think that just because he's starting with the ball in his hand, he's he's still going to be defense first and then a just playing a different role uh, a little bit on, on offense. I don't think it's going to be an actually increased offensive role. I think he's just shifting. If anything... I would say a more consistent offensive role allows him to just calm down about that. And then he can go and play his normal defense. I think if anything, it will heighten everything a little bit, heighten his defense even because he knows every day he's going to come in. He's going to have this. I'm, I know I'm starting. I know I'm the starting point guard. I know this is my role. No kind of, Oh, this guy's out. Maybe I'm starting. Maybe I'm not starting. Uh, I think consistency will help him. And I'm never worried about anything impacting his defense. Hey, like I talked about earlier, I'm going to talk about the off-season weightlifting uh, physical plan that players have. That's coming up next. And also a question about Dennis Johnson. First, I got to tell you about Built Bar, the best-tasting protein bar 
on the market, head on over to Built.com. You're going to see everything that they have. Not only Built Bar, Built Puffs, these marshmallow puffs, these lighter, fluffier things. Uh, they are also advertising this immunity energy boost powder, which is good. Like, But the protein bars are where it's at. And if you go and scroll down, you'll say, oh, peanut butter brownie. You just scroll on over it and it'll tell you. 180 calories, 19 grams of protein, 5 grams of sugar. Wow, that's pretty good. Oh, what's salted caramel? 130, 17 grams of protein, 4 grams of sugar. It's all great. It's all delicious. It's good for you. Not sure which one to pick. Pick a mixed box. You'll get two of each of the nine flavors that they have. Each of these flavors is a little bit different. Some are fruity, some are coconut, some are chocolate, some are peanut butter. You can, you can pick from whatever. If you've got a peanut allergy, check them out. There are plenty that are good for you. They take that into account. If you're on a keto diet, fine. This is approved and works for the keto diet. Built Bar is the official protein bar of the U.S. track and field team. You can go to Built.com right now. Use the promo code LOCKED15. You're going to get 15% off your next order. Use it every time. LOCKED15. Every time you go to Built.com, you're going to get 15% off your next order. Be sure to follow our social channels at LOCeltics on Twitter and at LockedOnCeltics on Instagram. Two more questions before we wrap up the return from vacation mailbag. And it's been a while since I've done a podcast. I just feel almost out of sorts. Like, oh, wow, I get to put this mic, this mic here and this camera here. I'm still not sure where everything goes. I'm still on island time. I'm still chilling out. Like, I think, I think my blood type is still half pina colada. So, you know, easing my way back into it. Again, this week, basketball is back. Monday, today, media day, I will be there in person. Make sure you're subscribed to the podcast. I'm going to get all of that for you, uh, all the big stories. And then practices, I'll be allowed to uh, be there in person for practices. Still not sure exactly what the protocols will be, but I will have everything for you Monday through Friday. As practices resume, I will be there. I'll be talking to the players. I'll be talking to Coach Ime Udoka. I'll be talking to Brad Stevens. And so you want to make sure this is the only daily podcast that's going to give you all the inside stuff from from Media Day, from uh, practices, and all of that. So let's wrap this up with the final couple of questions. Uh, Michael asks... Hey, John, would like to ask if Dennis Johnson has a chance to be included in the next 25 greatest players for the NBA's 75th anniversary. DJ's an underrated player and Larry Bird's greatest teammate. I love Dennis Johnson. I love Dennis Johnson. He was awesome. He was smart. He was uh, a, a very, very highly underrated player for the Celtics. A huge part of those championship teams. He is... The Celtics may have won championships. Maybe they don't win all of the same championships. Uh, DJ was so huge. But, and this hurts my feelings to have to say this, but no, no. If we're picking the 75 greatest players in NBA history, frankly, over the past 25 years, there, there might be some guys on that, the first 50, that get knocked out in order to make sure we get the right 75. Um, A lot of great players have come along 
You know, you have to include the you know guys who weren't eligible back then because they basically didn't exist <laughs> in the NBA back then. LeBron's, Kevin Durant, you know, where where do where did those guys? I mean, obviously they're on the team, and and they're at the top. They're like a lot of these, you know, generational talents of the past. You know, the guys who went into the Hall of Fame, Kevin Garnett, you know, Paul Pierce. Like, where where do these guys fit? Who who is in the top seventy five of all time? And Dennis Johnson, very very underrated, but he's just not going to make the cut of 75 all-time greatest players. Uh, it's, it's just, it's not, it hurts my feelings to say that. It's, but it's just not possible. Um, maybe if you go out to 100, but, and I, I haven't even put the list together in my head, but uh, as much as DJ, and DJ you know, had some phenomenal seasons before he came to Boston, just, it's just not enough. I'm going to end this with Matt, who writes, Jalen Brown's father is Marcellus Brown, who was a previous WBU heavyweight boxing champion. An absolute beast. Everyone is talking about Jason Tatum adding muscle in the offseason, but I wonder if, like father, like son applies, and Jalen could probably bulk up quite easily. Is that something the C's want or need? Um, and then he says, I wonder how much direction is given to NBA players in regards to offseason body type transformations. Are coaches and trainers trying to get players to specific physiques or are players doing so on their own? So mostly, let's start with that. Mostly they're doing stuff on their own with a little bit of guidance from the team. Like Jason Tatum, for example, got guidance from Danny Ainge. Hey, we need you to put on some muscle. Now, you, these guys go off and get their own trainers. They can work with team trainers. They can work with guys related. And, and, and Jason Tatum does, by the way. But... Guys can go off and, you know, your, their offseason is their offseason. They can work with whomever they want. And I think trainers are smart enough to understand, like, certain, certain things are not necessary in basketball that would be necessary in, say, football or baseball and vice versa. And it's, it's not a surprise that most basketball players end up having this kind of physique where it's you know they're very more broad shouldered because you're you're using your arms more and you're you know you if you're boxing out you're 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 doing a lot of things that with your arms up above your head out to your side that you're really broadening out your shoulders so a lot of basketball players uh, I was talking to somebody who was helping me with a suit once and he actually told me basketball players have this thing. There's, there's a thing called a drop when you're come when you're getting a suit. If you are a certain size at the top and your size at the bottom, you're kind of a mismatch. There's a drop between your 42 extra long and your 34 inch waist. And you don't get suits that are made for those bodies. And basketball players have that phenomenon where you need a suit that's way broad because a basketball player's shoulders tend to be broad. Things tend to dip very dramatically. Tatum's a great example where it drops into a V. They've got thin waists and strong legs. So that body type is just a natural basketball body type. Think about a swimmer. Swimmers have a certain body type. 
tennis players have a certain body type. There's, there's different actions that are emphasized that you really want in a basketball player. So I don't think anybody's now some guys have certain bodies like Zion Williamson has a certain kind of body that that's just his body. And he happens to be amazing at basketball. He's a physical, you know, freak. He's not going to get a lot of that same stuff, but ultimately at the, in the end, he's going to have, even he will have some of those similar dimensions when it's all said and done, but it's not a surprise that Tatum as he's added more muscle has developed into that exact body type. If he was a baseball player, he might have a different, a different body type, some similarities because you kind of are what you are. But point is no matter what the team says or whatever, they're, they're, you're just not going to no nobody connected to the game of basketball, whether it's a trainer with the team, a trainer on the outside, no one's going to have you doing stuff that is meaningless to the game. And you're going to end up developing a certain body. Same thing with Jalen Brown. Now, Jalen Brown could bulk up probably pretty easily, but in a video that I, I literally just saw before I, I started recording the podcast, he's actually looking a little thinner. And that's probably because he has spent all summer with a, a recovery from a left wrist surgery and pretty hard to bulk up when the one of the things necessary for bulking up doesn't work. The wrist, you, you can't lift anything. You can't press a bar. You can't curl. You can't pull. That wrist is just, it's just needed to recover. So he's actually looking a little thinner muscle-wise. And, and I think during the course of the season, he's going to have to add some muscle if he can as the season progresses. Like he's going to have to get back into that a little bit. Um, but I, I do think that that Jalen can, can, we've seen it. He, he'll, he has the same type of body. One thing as their careers progress is something to watch. How do they, what do they emphasize? Do they change their bodies at all in the later stages of their career where maybe you are adding, you're trying to get bulkier. Some guys don't want to add too much muscle because it's going to, if if you focus too much on just adding bulk, 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 you're, you know, you're, you're also going to be a little, you know, it can impact your jump shot. It can impact your, you know, the, the weight that you carry could be too much on your joints. You know, when you jump, when you run, if you, when you're jumping, you're, you're kind of putting like 10 times your body weight on pressure on your knees. Guy like Jalen Brown, who's very athletic, you got to stay within a certain weight range to make sure that your knees stay healthy, your joints stay healthy. You need enough muscle to absorb contact, but enough, you know, uh, you, you want to stay light enough to make sure that you can be quick and stay healthy. You need enough muscle in your legs to support the knees and to prevent the tendonitis, but you also don't need too much where you feel like a running back versus a small forward. But as Jalen gets older, when he gets into his 30s, maybe he will want to get bigger because he's not going to be a high flyer quite as much. Maybe he will he will want to play at maybe 20 pounds above what he's playing right now. So he can bang a little bit more and dish out a little bit of punishment and rely on those fadeaways that he's developed to get himself some points. Anything that can get you 
that one extra two-year deal or a couple of extra veteran minimum contracts where right now those contracts, two, two veteran minimum contact, contracts are five plus million dollars. By the time Jalen is 32, 33, 35, 37, looking to get those, those last couple of contracts, new TV money, blah, blah, blah. That could be an extra $10 million. Could be twice what that, could be more. So how you work your body, how you decide in your mid-30s, hey, I'm going, maybe I'm going to play a little heavier. Maybe I'm going to play a little lighter or whatever. But you can change your body a little bit. You can, you can play at a certain weight. You can play at a different weight to try to absorb more contact and play a different way and, and exist in the NBA a little bit longer. It's, a, it's an interesting conversation to in, and if you're into that kind of sort of nitty gritty, like what trainers do and, and the plan it's, it's intense. It, what you eat, when you eat, how you eat maintenance of your body, massages, stretching, hot tub, cold tub, ice. It's, it's a lot to keep your body ready for basketball. And if you're not careful, if you're, you're too out of whack in any sort of way, it could impact the length of your career. All right. I hope you've enjoyed the first podcast back from vacation. I feel like I, my mouth might've still been on vacation for half that podcast. So I apologize for some, my brain certainly not working at, at full capacity preseason, getting back into game shape, getting back into podcast shape. I want to thank you again for making lockdown Celtics your first listen every day. I'll be back with you tomorrow for the big highlights from media day. Again, I will be there. I will be talking to all of the guys there. I will be there in person, not even on zoom. So I will be there. I'll get to look at them and see their reactions. It's going to be great. It's my first time in a year plus that I'll be able to do that. Very excited. Uh, so I'll have all of that for you tomorrow. And then as practices roll on all week long, I will give you everything you need to know. It's a daily podcast Monday through Friday. So please subscribe, please get you on YouTube, hit that bell. Make sure you're getting notified when I drop uh, a new podcast and thank you. Share the podcast. Tell your friends that they should be listening to the show as well. Now make your second listen today. The locked on bets podcast with your boy Q and handicapping expert. Lee Sterling is brought to you by BetOnline.ag. Check it out. The locked on bets podcast.